All right, welcome back to Ball Don't Lie right here on 104.9 The Horn. It is a midweek movie music edition of Ball Don't Lie on 104.9 The Horn. That's when Patrick the Idillionaire, he takes songs from a particular soundtrack that inspired him for one reason or another and plays those selections for Harge and I. And based on the songs that are played, we're supposed to gather clues and hints, breadcrumbs that lead us to the featured film of midweek movie music. And today's featured film, Anchorman. Anchorman. And you know what? The the soundtrack's pretty good. Yeah, see, <laughs> Texas says, let it play. Great song. Yo. <laughs> yeah, it's Hall and Oates, man. Uh, yeah, Hall and Oates. I got, I got some Hall and Oates in my phone. So I do, too. Good for you, Harge. I do, too. That, I'm proud of you. Thank you, man. Because like I'm 90, expanding. 98% of Harge's phone, maybe 95% of Harge's phone, is it's just it's black men. <laughs> right? Listen, that's, you need more diversity. I do. Yeah. I, do. I don't have Beyonce on my yeah, phone. Yeah, you need, some, need yeah. some women, and we need... I do have Mary J, though. That's good. I do have Mary J. Lil' Rihanna on yeah, there? Yeah, I got uh, Shanti. You Shanti's know, good. Yeah, there I got you go. that on there. I like that. Definitely got Ghetto Boys. Okay, how you about Adele? No Adele? No Adele. Come on now, Adele is worth I do it. have Chris Stapleton. Yes, legit. What about Sam Smith? You have Sam Smith on there? I do not have Sam no Smith. No Sam Smith on there. Okay. No. That's all right. I got Jimmy Allen. He's a little country, but he's a brother. Um, exactly. <laughs> See, he starts saying, I got Cowboy Troy. I got Cowboy Troy. Give it his country yeah, music. I do, I, yeah, good it's point. Just, good it's point. hard to go out of your way to find brothers doing Bruno. country. I got Bruno. Uh, yeah. Yeah, he's yeah. mixing up. He, he, he mixed, mixed, it up. mixed it up a little yeah, bit. Yeah, he's got Bruno. We a little variety yeah, there, but yeah. we got to, yeah. Gotta, I do have Justin Timberlake, too, though. That's legit. There you yeah, go. Yeah. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I like this. See, my buddies were hanging out with Anderson Pack last night. Oh, okay, he really? went down and hopped on stage at Sea Boys last night. That's what? legit. That's clean. And I, I do go down there all the time, and I wasn't down there this week. And then he went down and hopped on. You're like, come on, man. Hey, you got to give me a heads up. Yeah. That's legit, man. I like that. Uh, where, where were they performing? He came here and hopped down. My buddies, Groove Line Horns, were playing down there. They're about to go on tour, though. Okay. But they played, They did every Tuesday over for the last like, year and a half. And so he came down there and hopped on stage. That's legit, right that was there. Good. Pat, Patrick, Patrick don't know everybody, but the people he does, he does, he knows are in a lot of them in the music industry himself. Yeah, he's dialed in. So the man is dialed yes. in. Uh, Hart just knows every damn body. Period. <laughs> uh, that's why we got some of the great interviews and some of the great guests we've had the last couple of days. Actually, uh, getting back to Big Twelve Media Days here, uh, we started out the show uh, talking about Brett Yormark a little bit, and I think we should still give Brett Yormark a ton of props. You're talking about in just the first. I mean, this is the first year that he's. Been been on the job yeah which is crazy officially was this time last year at big 12 media because bob bosby were there was there and then he turned it over to him hold up didn't bosby fall off the stage or something last year yeah it was like crazy ironic that they 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 introduced him i believe or something like that and he either falls going stumbled he stumbled stumbled or something or going back to his seat or getting up from his seat and we're like man that's such a bowlsby move just not cool just not smooth with it at all and then now you got your mark who just got swag you know he knows how to deliver a line i mean this guy he played the video to welcome the new members of the Big 12. And he liked it so much, he became his own hype man. And then he said, oh, you know what? Play it again. I like it. Play it again. Play it again. I was like, man, he's I, – I, I, I can't say enough good things about him. Um, some of the things he's done so far, he negotiated a partnership with Rucker Park in New York City. 
uh, collaborating with the New York City Parks Commissioner. So they had youth clinics and exhibition games in Rucker Park for Big 12 teams and programs. Uh, Also has a basically now he's working on international games as well. Big 12 football and basketball games in Mexico. He's got a partnership internationally. That'll be in 2024. That's going to start. He also has instituted a new policy about coverage and broadcast of the college games in the Big 12. He's going to modernize them with live in-game interviews from the locker rooms, access to the locker rooms, trying to make the Big 12 uh, broadcast a better broadcast. It's a more aesthetically appealing broadcast than the other uh, teams. So it's all stuff that really he's really pioneered, but he's decided to promote and endorse in just a short time he's been there. He also is exploring only basketball-only members like UConn and Gonzaga as well. He launched a, a Big 12 Business Summit. Yeah. Had that in May. Uh, it was about sales and leadership and different industry uh, issues and topics and different methods to uh, address those issues. So, man, he, And he's exploring launching a Big 12 Bowl game in Mexico. So, he is he has been as busy as a commissioner could be, and you got to give him props. When he first started on the job, there was a conversation happening, a national discourse about which conference was more viable, the Pac-12 or the Big 12. Nobody's having that conversation anymore. He just his presence alone and how active he's been since he joined the Big 12. He has, and of course, the expansion. Big 12 having members. Remember Bob Bowlesby, his second to last Big 12 conference because his last one was last year when he was essentially introducing Brett Yarmark, but when he was actually still the Big 12 commissioner, his last Big 12 media days, he ironically said that the subject of expansion and conference realignment was dead. Right. He said that out loud. And then all of a sudden, he gets a message sent to him, Texas and Oklahoma are moving to the (laughs) SEC. Uh, We need to expand. Within months. It is like, he's like, oh, no, that's a conspiracy happening. They're tampering. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah, I mean, you just—I'm sorry, Bob Bosby. You, you know, I—I I, I, I'm nothing against him personally, but Bob Bosby was not ready for the drastic change in landscape in the uh, modern NIL, uh, you know, era NIL expansion, conference realignment, transfer portal era that we now live in in college sports. What was it that he's you behind the it? times? What would you say? He's a Dino- Bob dinosaur. He's a Bob Bosby. I, I would call Bob Bosby the Michael Scott of conference commissioners, but he's not as entertaining as Michael Scott. But he was. He would, he would make as many bumbling, um, kind of stupefying decisions as Michael Scott, which was one thing, like not expanding. Everybody knows you had to expand. Right. Why would you keep saying that you don't have to expand? Everything Everybody is knows. Around, everything around you is expanding. Big Ten, <laughs> SEC, <laughs> Conference USA. 12, you look at the AAC. Teams are going into different conferences. It Makes happens. no sense. And it's the sign of the times. Makes but no sense. I also wanted to add that Yormark also put this up on his uh, big board today. They added an eighth bowl for the Big 12. Hmm. That you are going to be able, eight teams will play, you know, that you are signed to different bowls where yeah. they, they right. have it. The Independence Bowl is one of the bowls that is assigned to the Big 12 now. Yeah, so yeah. that's even more so. Yeah, I know he's just he's trying to make the the Big Twelve cool. He also he is going to have a halftime show. Yep. for the Big Twelve championship game, he had a 
a, a, a kind of a fan fest show for a Big 12 tournament, uh, the Big 12 basketball tournament uh, this past season with Shaq and Fat Joe. Mm-hmm. Um, and he also commissioned a Big 12 uh, hip-hop anthem. Yep. We played that, didn't we? I forgot what it was called. Oh, I got to go. I'll pull it up. Remember? Quick. No, no but it was it was for uh, basketball, wasn't it? It was for basketball. It was for basketball, and it was, I, and I, forgot, I forgot what the actual theme was. It was yeah, something. Yeah, yeah. But it, that he's trying to basically intertwine. He wants to be at the intersection of pop culture and sports, the nexus of sports and culture. Great that's what I love about Brett Yarmark. Yeah, that's what I love about And that's why I said, if you're going to, I was told once, that, you know, by, you know, someone who's a CEO of a Fortune 500 company, that when you're hiring somebody for a high upper level position of leadership you're looking for two kinds of people either or you're looking for either a, a dinosaur or an alien there it is that's what i was looking for dinosaur or bob an alien Bosby. and <laughs> by the way exactly bob Bosby's kind of dinosaur. by the yep. way either one can work yes so i'm not criticizing either one but dinosaurs and aliens are very different a dinosaur is an ancient old wise uh you know creature that knows the terrain um, has relationships to that ecosystem, has evolved to that ecosystem, has familiarity with that ecosystem, older, experienced. Um, but the alien has one significant, distinct advantage that the dinosaur will never, ever have, no matter how many eons that dinosaur has evolved in that ecosystem and how, how, no matter how powerful they are. It'll have perspective. That alien will come down uh, from have a 30,000-foot view of that new ecosystem and that new world with fresh ideas, with new and fresh solutions for problems. And the alien will look at that world and look at some of the impediments and some of the obstacles and, you know, and ask different questions. The alien will say why and others will say why not. That's what the alien will go, have a different attitude towards it. And I think for Brett Yarmark, he looked at the Big 12 where others asked why and he asked why not. Yeah. And like I said, that perspective, that's why he's got all these fresh ideas, because he doesn't look at the office of conference commissioner of a college football, major college football conference the way everybody else did, the way all the dinosaurs did. Yeah. That's why I loved it. He's an alien. I I love it, too. He's the best kind. Yeah. Best kind, man. It's been overdue. That's what I'm waiting on. I like the fact I'm just kind of jealous. Not jealous. I'm just I know the SEC is waiting and I know it's going to be a lot of fun there. There's a lot of competition. But his excitement about the Big 12, his selling of the Big 12, the things that he's trying to do to get this conference to be still around and be relevant is huge. This is opportunity for some of the newer teams to take over and some of the old heads to now be at the forefront of a conference. Yeah. No, it's important you. for that. It is. I guess I'm happy for the Big 12. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, the name of your song is No Nights Off. No Nights Off. Yeah. That's the name of your song. I like The Big that. 12. Uh, basketball song. Wow. No nights off. Okay. Is it, it was it as bad as I thought? Remember it? Or was it okay? Oh, it's bad. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's bad. Hey, Big 12, PL. We don't take a night off. Let's go. Yeah, it's terrible. Welcome to the Big 12, where every night's a battle till the yeah, end. Yeah, not great. Okay. You know what? The yeah, next by the way, will be by the way, they dropped T-Bubble Center first first 15 seconds. They hey, dropped the brand name in there. Who sponsored the song? Probably, probably T-Mobile. <laughs> so there you go. And you know what? I wonder if football season will get one. I'm surprised he didn't have one here. You think oh, he that may, is an X's? Huh? Um, he may still have one, he right? May still have, oh, he said, yeah, be stay tuned. Be yeah. stay tuned. <laughs> oh, <laughs> man. Maybe he's going to go up there. Tuned. I would love for Brett Yarmouth to go up there and introduce the football hip-hop theme. <laughs> Just the dance year. on stage with it? Yeah. Like- <laughs> Bring out the Jabberwockies. <laughs>
<laughs> oh man, that would be fantastic! And a shout out to our man Craig Way. Oh, Craig Way happens. always comes up with some. He remembers a lot of these quotes. And he says, "As I, I as I always said about Bob Bowlesby, the desk from which a thousand indecisions have been launched." <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, that is a fantastic quote. I gotta love, love it. it. Yeah. Gotta love it. Yeah, and Bob Bowlesby could never figure it out. And I thought it was pretty simple. Hey, man, you have to expand. Yes. What are you waiting what, for? I mean, and two years later, after he leaves, they expand. I, I love it. And now everybody's talking about Brett Romark's a genius. It was like he is, but but Bob Bosby, you missed the most obvious answer, mm-hmm. the most obvious solution to your problem. Yep. And ding, ding, Crazy. ding, and you might still be around. Never know. Uh, yeah, it's true. It's like that Tom Herman argument. It's like, you know, yep. if Tom Herman would have given Bijan the ball more, he'd still be around. I'm like, so we should be happy, I guess. He didn't give Bijan <laughs> yeah, the ball sometimes more. sometimes be careful what you ask exactly. for. <laughs> the Lord works in mysterious ways, y'all. Uh, all right, let's talk about uh, the Lord working for uh, for Texas football this year because, you know, we've talked about a lot, of course, in the last couple of days leading up to Big 12 media days. And this is Texas football. This is the first year they've been picked to finish first in the Big 12 since 2009. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's, that's a long time. <laughs> it's been a minute. It's been a minute. What did, what did, what did Gundy say, Rod? Oh, yeah, that was a great <laughs> quote. I hope I can find the audio of this. I was trying to wait to find the audio, and I can't find the audio anywhere. We'll find it, well, though. Well, going back to your point of what but, you said, 2009 was the last time. Yeah, basically they asked Mike Gundy, uh, what are your thoughts about Texas being picked to finish first in the in the, in the the Big 12? And he said, is that based on the last five years or the last 50? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, Gundy is hilarious. He is. Uh, he but is. Exactly, it's a good point. Listen, this is the first year. All right. In my opinion, probably since 2009, where the expectations for Longhorn fans is actually at the same point. It's at the same place where the standard for Texas football is. Yep. And I always say the standard, it's hard to get to define it, but it's around it's double, double digit wins and competing for championships, conference or national. And Texas simply hasn't done that since 2018. Yep. So last year they did it. Last, I mean, that's only the fir- only time they've done it in the last thirteen years. Yeah, you give that great stat, that great gambling stat about Texas and the the over under over under uh, twelve at, out of the thirteen years Texas has hit the under. Yes, the under has been the bet twelve out of thirteen years. Going back to your point, and the only year that that was different was because of the Sam Ellinger year. We're back twenty eighteen. Yep, yeah, that was the only year where Texas actually uh, exceeded the. Over under win total, yeah, uh, for the preseason. <laughs> so this season, yeah, a lot of expectations for Texas, and I do think the expectations are now close to what the standard is. Everybody expects Texas, including Sark, to compete for a Big Twelve title and to win double digit games. Mm-hmm. That's it. That's that's what we're hoping for. Uh, and I, I think listen, I, based on the experience they got coming back, they return. They're one of twenty eight teams. Texas is one of twenty eight teams nationally <clears throat> to return their head coach, OC, DC, and quarterback. Wow. Yeah. Wow. And they also, you go look at it, they're, they're second in the Big 12 behind Kansas in returning production. So that they have that all the pieces. tells you everything you need to know. Yeah, everything is there for Texas right now, and they have a ton of talent. I saw Jeff Ketchum tweet out a, a graphic, actually. He has a graphic he calls his super blue chips. Yeah, um, like his own kind of definition of, of blue chips. He calls them super. Yeah, I saw that too. You saw that. Yeah. And according to his calculations in Texas, uh, twenty twenty three roster, they're gonna have fifteen of these super blue chips. 
this year, and he he listed them by year. Uh, they had nine last year in 2022 for Sark's uh, team, and in 2021 they had six. <laughs> so they're building up the roster, and the last time Texas had at least 15 um, on 15 Super Blue Chips on the roster, according to Jeff Ketchum, was 2011. They had 15. Yeah. Hell, 2009, he had 16. That was the last time Texas won the Big 12 um, and went to a national title that year. Hell, in 2010, this shows you about talent development, though. 2010, according to his uh, stats here, they had, they had 19 Super Blue Chips on their 2010 squad. And that's when Texas had the precipitous fall from grace and fell off a cliff. Wow. Got to develop the talent you got. Gotta protect. Hell, you gotta develop. Twenty eighteen, Texas uh, competed for the Big Twelve, won double digit games, beat Georgia that year. Six of his super blue chips on that on that roster. <laughs> but the talent was the being developed there. At, yeah. at a better rate yeah. than yeah. it it has been lately. Uh, so that's a that's a big part of it too. So a uh, lot of expectations for Texas. I, I'll tell you uh, when we come back about something Texas has not achieved at something that they have not really executed at a high level. Uh-oh. On defense, and it has probably kept them from competing for a Big 12 championship. There's one specific area where Texas has not necessarily achieved uh, at a high level, and I believe it's holding them back from winning a Big 12 title. I got the data. You know I do. We got the numbers, and I'll talk about <laughs> good. Yeah, I'll talk about how Texas can remedy this issue. Uh, and I don't, I, I don't think it's that hard, says the guy that's sitting in a damn chair Come and on. not having the coach or go out there and get it done himself. Uh, but I used to do it, and I'm going to tell you how I think the, the Longhorns can do it. And the Cowboys are somehow going to be involved in on this conversation. Conversation. We'll Come on, too. man. All that more right here on Ball Don't Lie. Wonderful down the horn. I'm as mad as hell, and I'm not going to take this anymore. Find out what happens when people stop being polite and start getting real. You ain't keeping it real. My God! Okay, it's happening. Everybody stay calm. Oh, you've done it now. It's time for Rod's Rant of the Day. Hold on to your butts. All right, welcome back to Ball Don't Lie right here on 104.9 The Horn. I want to get to uh, some Texas football discussion, of course, talking a lot of Texas football with Big 12 Media Days happening. And a uh, shout-out to our good friends at Hayes City Store and also uh, One Source Gas for sponsoring our trip up there to Big 12 Media Days. Uh, one of the things that I wanted to get into here while we got some time is the Texas defense. Uh, and so we're talking about the Big 12. I wanted to go over all kind of some the, the numbers from the Big 12. So overall, uh, the Big 12 is it's a league that has changed a lot in, in the last, I don't know, 15 years or so. Um, and kind of gone from being a pace and, pace and space spread league to now uh, being a league that is a running league cross-dressing as a passing league. Everybody wants to spread you out and act like they're going to throw the football. But the truth is, the Big 12 now is one of the more uh, dominant, predominant rushing conferences in the country. A lot of teams want to run the football. And one thing that has remained constant in the conference, though, is the defensive formula to contribute to a Big 12 championship contender is pretty simple. You need to be an opportunistic defense that can force turnovers. If you're an opportunistic defense that can, you know, force some turnovers in the Big 12, you got a shot to win the league. Um, how about this stat? There have only been five Big 12 champions in the last 17 years that have finished outside the top four in turnover margin 
in the last 17 years. All right, so only five. Uh, eight Big 12 champs in the last 17 years have finished first in turnover margin uh, in the Big 12. Um, and in turnovers forced, too, up in that category. Uh, so you start looking at it, Texas, although Texas is pretty good in turnover margin, they don't force a lot of t- turnovers. They don't get a lot of takeaways. Last year they were a really good defense, but didn't get enough takeaways. Mm-hmm. Only 14 mm-hmm. takeaways, actually, um, for Texas. And to me, that's got to change. Now, offensively, yeah, they can take care of the ball better, but I don't think they were a – turnover heavy team last season they took care of the football pretty well last year i don't know if people get on quinn Ewers, and quinn Ewers will get better with being you know uh more careful with the football and i think as he gets older and becomes a more veteran quarterback i'll i think you'll see less of those uh turnover worthy plays if you will but the 14 takeaways 10 interceptions four fumble recoveries by the texas defense that number's got to increase. If you look at just takeaways overall, Texas was ninth in takeaways. Ninth in takeaways in the Big 12. That, to me, is the number that's got to improve. And I think the way that they are at least trying to approach that um, more havoc rates or higher havoc rates, havoc just means plays that essentially are defensive splash plays. Fumble recoveries, forced fumbles, interceptions, pass deflections, PBUs, etc. Those are considered havoc plays. Texas needs more havoc plays on defense. I think the way they're going to try to do that is to play more bump and run coverage on the outside, play more press man on the outside, discombobulate, reroute the wide receivers, hopefully quarterback holds onto the ball more, and then maybe guys will get home and you can turn pressure or convert those pressures into sacks. But that's still not necessarily going to allow you uh, to force or be more opportunistic and force turnovers. The Dallas Cowboys actually have got a really good formula, and it's Dan Quinn pretty much. And you know that Sark and Dan Quinn have a connection because Sark was the offensive coordinator for Dan Quinn, and since Dan Dan Quinn has become the D.C., he's even had Dan Quinn uh, speak at one of his coaching clinics. So we know that there's a connection there. And if you start looking at the Dallas Cowboys defense, one of the things they do well and probably better than anybody else in the league, actually, and, and probably better than any defense in the NFL in the last 40-plus years, I'm not making that number up either, is forced turnovers. 40-plus? I'm not making that up. Wow. The Dallas Cowboys defense, for Cowboys fans who don't know, they've led the NFL in takeaways in back-to-back seasons. The last team to lead the NFL in takeaways in back-to-back seasons was the steel curtain of the Pittsburgh Steelers from 1972 to 1974. Mm. Steel curtain. Right? So say what you want about the Cowboys defense, whether you think they're a top five defense, top ten, whatever. They are elite in forcing turnovers. They're elite in that ability, in that that's that that trait of the defense. And doing it in back to back years means it wasn't, you know, some type of aberration. That wasn't an outlier. This is consistently who they are. And one of the things that they do more than anybody else, they don't blitz a lot. Dan Quinn doesn't like to blitz a lot. Dan Quinn prefers to stunt, play games up front, stunt and twists up front with his defensive line. As a matter of fact, the Cowboys use more twists and stunts up front than any other team in the NFL. Nobody twists and stunts more than the Dallas Cowboys and Dan Quinn. Uh-huh. Um, and that's all to confuse blocking schemes. 
Now you're trying to confuse the offensive blocking scheme up front and trying to get them to make a mental mistake. You get a guy coming free. So a lot of twists and stunts, a lot of games they're playing up front. And also Dan Quinn is probably the leading defensive mind for positionless football in the NFL. Like he's the leading mind in it. Like nobody uses more three safety uh, packages, big nickel, big dime, than the Cowboys. About 40% of their offense is big nickel, big dime, using those three safeties. And that allows their defense to be malleable. It allows them to use a lot of pre-snap manipulation, a lot of pre-snap disguise. And pre-snap disguise and manipulation, and I'll get into this a little bit more uh, probably tomorrow because I'm going to do a deep dive on Texas defense too. That confuses a lot of quarterbacks because the Cowboys are almost, they're, they're almost never in the same look pre-snap than they are post-snap. It's always right. something different. <clears throat> It's almost a wasted pre-snap read for a lot of quarterbacks. You're all, Dan Quinn is consistently making you work post-snap. He's making you process post-snap. All your pre-snap diagnosis, you might as well throw it out the window. Don't mean a <laughs> damn thing going up against Dan Quinn. Because why? Because there's so many stunts and twists up front. So he's moving so many of those chess pieces up front in the front seven. Nobody does it more than Dan Quinn. And on the back end, because of those three safeties, he is moving those pieces around pre-snap because – Corners got to stay out with their wide receivers, right? All right, that they they have kind of locked in place. Just talk to X Man. He says, "Yeah, I don't, I don't talk, I don't see the nickelbacks right. lot in the slot corners. I'm usually out wide, so you can't move your cornerbacks around the chessboard. They're set pieces, but your safeties and your linebackers right up the central nervous system of your defense. Your safeties, linebackers, and your nickelbacks, man, you can move those guys around a lot, and nobody moves them around more than Dan Quinn, and that confuses the quarterback, discombobulates them." All right, it forces them to process more post snap. And that not only with the blocking scheme up front and who's coming to take his head off, but also with the back end and how the coverages are matching up with the route combinations. That's a lot to process right. in about three or four seconds with Michael Parsons breathing down your neck. And the, uh, Texas, the, obviously, the Longhorns don't have a Michael Parsons, but they do have three safeties they like. They really do. Yep. They said they love, they got Jalen Catalan. Monster. Monster. If, he, NFL if he's safety. healthy. If, if he's, he's healthy. healthy. Knock on wood. NFL yep. safety. They got Jaron Thompson, who they love. Mm-hmm. He's a senior statesman back there. Now, nobody in that secondary has been in that secondary longer than Jaron Thompson. He's your veteran. Air mm-hmm. traffic controller back there. You also have Keaton Crawford, there who they is. love. That's the one I was waiting so on. Talking about that guy's one of the fastest guys on the team. Yep. And they love that he's now forcing his will on the field. Like He's basically demanding reps on the field. So you got three safeties. I know I'm saying you should use a lot more three safety. You got Jade Barron in there too. Jade Barron is a beast, um, and so Jade Barron has to stay on the field. And I'm hearing that Terrence Brooks, Ooh-hoo. all right, from at least what X Man told us. I was going to say X going to give it to you. X Man right. say his toughest assignment when he's out there in practice is when Terrence Brooks lines up across from him. Other than Jade Barron, who he doesn't see a lot, but I digress. Yeah. Um. So you have the ability because you can actually play a dime coverage. By the way. The Cowboys have the most effective dime package in all the NFL. Nobody has a better dime. And it makes sense when you think about it. It's going to be even better because now they added Stephon Gilmore <laughs> to the dime mm-hmm. package. It's going to be even better. And Jordan Lewis is going to say it. It's going to be even better. The, 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 really, I know this is crazy because just kind of get into the scheme and deep into it, to football theory. The Longhorns could play more dime coverage this year. 
They got they enough. They got they, enough DBs. I was going to say, they got plenty of them back there. If the Terrence Brooks things worked out, Terrence Brooks, mm-hmm. they got Ryan Watts, they got Jade Barron. I just talked about the three safeties. You got Crawford, you got Catalan, you got Thompson. That's, that's, a, that's six DBs? Yep, you got plenty. And you can really play some funky games pre-snap with guys like that, too, um, especially considering how well Jade Barron tackles. He tackles probably one of your better tackles on the team, so you know you can trust him in the box. Mm-hmm. And how big Ryan Watts is. You actually might be able to move Ryan Watts in the box sometimes Come on, man. with a dime package and put your day bearing Terrence Brooks outside you know and have him play like Ryan a linebacker Brooks. role for you. You know what I mean? Like you yeah. can do some funky stuff, man. And it's all about confusing the opposing quarterback. And also, since Texas says, who did Sark say was the best pass rusher on the team other than – he said Anthony Hill's a natural pass rusher, but we haven't seen him – during a college football game yet. Other than him, who's the best pass rusher on the team? Sark said, Byron Murphy. Byron Murphy. What's the problem with Byron Murphy being your best pass rusher? Well, he's an interior D-liner. I was going to say, he's coming through the middle. He's coming through the middle. Yep. So you need to try to scheme up ways to get him all right, in advantageous situations. Yep. Stunts and twists and games up front because you want to get your best pass rusher on their worst pass blocker and sometimes they know you're the best pass best pass rusher so what they're going to do is they're going to they're going to combo block you they're going to put a center on you interior is easy put a center on and a guard on you easy we can block them now he could be a war daddy and always consistently beat that double team but you don't want to work harder you want to work smarter twists and stunts up front to try to get him lined up against or matched up against a weak pass blocker and that you can do that over and over again if you are trying to scheme ways for him to become your elite pressure defender. Right. And we know Anthony Hill can come off the edge, so you can kind of simulate that too. So I think uh, some of the some of the concepts the Cowboys have used so effectively to become the most opportunistic defense in the NFL the last the last two honestly in the last forty plus years in the NFL. <laughs> that's what they are pretty mm-hmm. much. All right. I think Texas can utilize some of those concepts to confuse opposing blocking schemes and confuse opposing quarterbacks. And that's the key to Dan Quinn's scheme. You're always processing as a quarterback. I mean, you're bound to make mistakes. Your offensive line is – that's why they lead the NFL in two things. Pressure rate, the last two years, right, they're top top two, top three, if not the best team in pressure rate, led the NFL last year in pressure rate and in takeaways. And they are connected, no doubt they're connected, but it's also conceptually – uh, he is basically prioritizing and emphasizing these things. He wants to confuse the O-line, the blocking schemes, and then confuse the quarterback. And pretty much that's where his scheme starts. And I think Texas needs to take some of the pages out of that book. They're not confusing the opposing blocking schemes enough. That's why they were top 10 in pressures last season in all of college football. But yeah. out of those top 10 teams in pressures, uh, they were second to last in that group. Ninth, I believe, in that group in sacks because they weren't converting enough of those. So they were getting a lot of pressure, weren't converting them to sacks. Um, so they got to convert more to sacks, but also they got to they gotta force more turnovers, more takeaways. That's the Big 12 mantra on defense. Yeah, I'm looking for Texas to force more takeaways. I think that they, they had opportunities to make some plays. You talked about the fact that uh, Jalen Ford was making all the interceptions, Jade Barron were making interceptions, but you want to see the corners make more of those plays as well. And if you can get that, by creating the pressure that you're talking about, mm-hmm. that will be a big difference for the Texas Longhorns and the expectations that we have, that we see have been put on them. 
they oh, will yeah. definitely be around to be, ex- exceed those. Yeah. No, the defense, uh, I'm expecting the defense to actually be pretty good this year. Mm-hmm. Um, I would be disappointed if they didn't improve on what they did last year. I like it. Uh, so last year they were what, top 35 or something like mm-hmm. that, like a top 30 defense. They should be better this year, but should have, would have, could have. No. Um, all right, we come back. We'll get to the break. A little off the record on the other side. Uh, then we'll uh, let you know some of the other headlines from around the sports world. All that and more right here on Ball Don't Lie, 104.9 The Horn. Welcome back to Ball Don't Lie right here on 104.9 The Horn, midweek movie music edition of Ball Don't Lie. That's when Patrick the Idillionaire, he takes songs from a particular soundtrack that inspired him for one reason or another. And based on the selections that are played, Harge and I are supposed to gather clues and hints that lead us to the featured film of midweek movie music. And it's Anchorman today. I love it. Anchorman, where is it among your all-time uh, great comedies? Are we putting it in the top 15 to 20? Is it even there? Are we? Is it there for you? I don't know. Maybe I I don't have to go back and watch it because it's, it's, it's like, does it? It's pretty good. It stands the test of time. It stand the test I, time. I still laughed at it when I watched it probably on like a year or so ago. Okay. So if it stands the test of time, it's up there. Though. I think it does actually. But yeah. like I said, to each his own. The, yeah. Yeah. The, the Anchorman sequel, other than the fight scene, I think the fight scene was pretty good in the Anchorman sequel. Like their iconic fight scene where they yeah. bring on the different news networks yeah. and all the different celeb cameos. Uh, that is pretty damn good. I too. personally, lo- I personally liked when Will Ferrell went to dinner on Anchorman with oh, uh, oh with uh, uh, Megan Goods. Uh, no, oh that's what which is one? That? Anchorman three? That might be Anchorman three. Yeah. Oh yeah. Hold up, there's a three. Oh yeah. There's a three where Ugh. then it's an interracial dating thing, yeah, and that's yeah. a dinner, and the yeah. Oh man, I, yeah. I'm sure I saw Anchorman oh, three, goodness. but I don't know if I remember that. CB says all time great comedy for him. See, no. I think it it, it was because. It, you know, it's one of those comedies that end up becoming iconic. There's no way when they made it they thought it was going to be as popular as it was. No, it has it has the tons of quotable lines. Oh, yeah. Scenes. The Sex Panther line is a great line. Yeah. 60% of the time, it works every, every time. time. <laughs> <laughs> that is a great line. Yeah. That's true, too. To me, a big part of how great your all-time comedy is is how quotable is it yeah like yeah. anytime you drink milk you think milk was a bad choice <laughs> you, know what I'm saying? you gotta if it's really quotable you can that's why coming to america to me is one of the all-time oh greats because i got everything. like oh it's like five yeah. or six of them there where you can literally just say the quote anywhere and people be like that's from coming to america like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yes, yes, it is. that's yeah. if you see a phone booth it's i'm in a glass box of emotions <laughs> what? <laughs> that's good what is that that's from? a anchor man that is right yeah. i don't even that's recognize he's in the one. phone and he's calling and then he's crying and he's like I'm in a glass box. Oh, he's screaming it. Yes. yes, yes, yes. Oh, that is good. That's good stuff there. Uh, okay, uh, let's get. Oh, you know what? Do we have this Jalen Daniels sound? Okay, because hard to say this. <laughs> CB, CB, shout out to CB because CB sent it, I believe, uh, via Twitter. Um, someone says Megan Good. Wasn't she was in number two. Was she really? Yeah, because that's Damn. what that was the scene where he went to the house and he was he, the interracial. Wow. It must have been that bad that I, it doesn't even stand and out. And he to was trying. He was trying to sound soulful. And I love me some Megan Good. Man, she is so she's great. She was outstanding. She did, she's been from good to great. Yeah, she was definitely Megan, Megan Great. Oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Megan Great. Megan Damn, great. right about that one. Yeah. Um, okay, so oh, we have this uh, Jalen Daniels. Okay, so Jalen Daniels, the star quarterback for Kansas. He wore a piece and chain to the Big 12 Media Days, but the piece on the chain 
had a screen, a digital screen on the piece which showed highlights of himself. Mm. We got a nice little Cuban link chain right here, man. We got the piece playing the highlights because, honestly, wasn't for me making a few of these plays on here, I wouldn't be where I'm at today. So, you know, just a reminder, everyone I'm walking around, this is, this is what I do. I like to play football, I like to play quarterback, I like to score touchdowns. That is great. <laughs> he thanked himself in his yeah. own speech. He's yeah. like, you know, basically, if it wasn't for me making, making all these, these plays. plays, I wouldn't be where I am today. Like, <laughs> you what? And he's like, yeah. I want to remind you, like, yourself or everyone else? <laughs> yeah, I don't think it's about reminding you. <laughs> I got to tell you, I'm liking Jalen Dad. I can't help but like him now, man. He does have a Texas win on his resume, too, guys. Yeah. Well, how many uh, Kansas quarterbacks can say that? Well, actually, too damn many. Yeah. Uh, don't don't miss that. <laughs> so Aggie fans and Texas Tech fans do not hit the spec sex. I know there was a softball of a joke. Oh, you know uh, they're so coming <laughs> at they're you. They're like, uh, actually. Uh, but, yeah, man, Jalen Daniels doing it big. I'm glad he's enjoying it because, um, man, that, I never thought a Kansas football player would have that kind of swag. Yeah. Actually, Kip Tlaib had that kind of swag. Oh, I was going to say. Kip Tlaib, actually, in his day, he would have done something like that. Yeah, but he didn't have the money for a chain with a screen on it. He how did. You know? It just wasn't through NIL. Yeah, yeah it was under the table. How do you know? <laughs> that's what he's like. He couldn't wear the chain to Big 12 media days. Yeah, you're right. That's true. You couldn't Don't wear the forget, chain to Big 12 media days. He went to Kansas. He went to Kansas. <laughs> oh, man. Hey, that's when Kansas was balling, man. Yeah. You want to play that Kansas yeah. squad. Yeah. Uh, this Kansas squad now, though, actually, uh, they are next You don't want none of them either. This is not your mama's Kansas football team. That's for damn. Show uh, they ain't no yard bird, man. This Kansas team is gonna be pretty damn tough. Not an easy out for anybody in the Big Twelve these mm-hmm. days. So there you go, Jalen Daniels with the piece and chain with the screen. That's something with new. the screen. Piece of chain with the screen. That's I got like, my Apple Watch, but it definitely don't have no plays. Man, up on it you right said, now. what are the harsh highlights on that joint? Nah, man? They're, they're few and far between. <laughs> <laughs> I guess a Robbie highlights, but you wouldn't be the pixelated VHS video. It would look like your video game character. <laughs> like, what is that on that? What is that? Oh, no, that's me right there. What? 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 No, I'm in the corner of the screen. <laughs> yeah, for real, it wouldn't look as good as Jalen. Daniels highlights. Uh, wow. Texas has just got another recruit that committed right now. Texas football did? Texas During football. During Big 12 media days? Class of 2024 defensive lineman Melvin Hills III tells uh, Hayes, wow. Hayes Fawcett, I guess he's yeah, yeah, went yeah. on three, yep. that he is committed to the University okay. of Texas. 6'4", hey. 270 from Louisiana, Lafayette. Louisiana. He chose the Longhorns over LSU. Auburn and Ole Miss. Coach Bo will make me a first round draft pick, and I'm highly, I, I highly believe that. Uh, Bo knows. Bo knows. He's got that. Uh, and that, if you don't, get in the portal, then. Yeah. Hey, and we all like that <laughs> that that BDE that Bo Davis energy. That's right. Uh, something new, but no question. Okay, so we're talking about that Louisiana. I, okay, you know what? I got to take on that. We'll talk about that when we come back. More Big 12 Media Day discussion when we come back as well. Uh, we'll talk Texas uh, football a little bit. And I found another random stat about Big 12 champions uh, mm-hmm. that I want to share uh, that may uh, maybe it's good news or maybe it's bad news for Texas. We'll get into that on the other side right here on Ball Don't Lie.